0: Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy podcast show. Today I'll be joined by chemistry extra Bob Lowry. and We're going to talk about a pool where the pH is constantly rising. So if your pool has a problem with pH going up every day all the time, he's going to cover the four main reasons why the pH would be rising in the pool continuously. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service, save time and money, and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. You recently wrote a tech bulletin. It's on pH always rising, and this is a subject that I think is really relevant because everyone deals with this, especially in the summer when they start using their pool and they're. They're watching their chemi- chemistry and they see the pH going up. And in your bulletin, you touch on four things. And we can touch on these four things here of why the pH goes up constantly. And you listed them as um, too high, total alkalinity is too high, uh, too much aeration, the water features or the jets are hitting the surface, a saltwater generator, or the plaster is curing from a new build. So you want to touch on those four reasons of why the pH is always rising in someone's pool? And it could be a combination of
1: more than one, right? Yeah, of course. I get asked this all the time. and say, how come the pH in my pool is going up all the time? My answer usually is, well, probably because your alkalinity is too high. The alkalinity that's in the pool controls the amount of CO2 that off-gases out of the water. I, I want everybody to understand that the control of CO2 off-gassing is alkalinity. As the pool has too much carbonation in it already, it's overcarbonated. Slowly over time, the CO2 that's in the pool wants to come into equilibrium with the CO2 that's above the pool. They need to be in equilibrium. And because there's too much CO2 in the water, it gases off. And when the alkalinity is low, it gases off a little bit. When the alkalinity is high, it gases off a lot. So when the alkalinity is high, it gasses off CO2. When it gasses off CO2, the pH goes up in the pool. If the alkalinity gets high, now we have we have off-gassing happening more often, pH goes up. So if we get the alkalinity down, it doesn't gas off as much. The industry has a standard that says 60 minimum 80 to 120 is ideal, and like 160 or 180 is maximum. And that's just total BS. <laughs> that's that's way, way out of the range of where it should be. And 60 might be okay for a minimum, but the maximum is way, way too high. We set a system of targets when we teach this, and the target for total alkalinity is 90. People say, well, is it always 90? And the answer is, no, it could be less. And they go, well, can it be higher? And I go, not usually. Um, 90 is where it should be. But if your pH is, is always going up and you have an alkalinity of 90, then maybe you should make your total alkalinity 80. And and see if 80 doesn't keep your pH from going up so much, and so and you can actually go down to about 70. And the idea is to keep the pH stable. Um, we don't want anything that's going to raise the pH, and uh, we also don't want anything that's going to cause the the CO2 offgassing to happen any faster. And What happens is people have negative edge pools. They have waterfalls. They have spillways. They have scuppers everywhere dumping water uh, into the pool, and it looks great, and it looks cool. They have these rock features, and the water all dribbles down the rocks, and it looks really cool. The problem is it increases aeration and turbulence and CO2 off-gassing, and when it does, the pH goes up. If you don't believe that, you can do your own little experiment. It's real easy to do. Take a spa and go out and measure the pH and take some dry acid with you and dump in a little bit of dry acid until the pH gets to be 7.2. Now, once it's 7.2, turn on all the jets and all the blowers and set up and look at your time, set your watch for about 10 minutes. And go do something else for 10 minutes and come back in 10 minutes. And I promise you, the pH will be a minimum of 7.8 when you come back. And it probably will be 8.0. And that's because of aeration and turbulence. So the more aeration and turbulence there is, the faster the pH is going to go up and you can prove it in a spa. And so the same thing happens in the pool. If you've got a bunch of waterfalls and rock formations and spillways and and negative edges. I had a guy call me one time and said, I've got a 360 degree negative edge pool and the drop on the negative edge pool is eight feet. And I go, you're never gonna get the pH down ever. If you get it down, it's gonna be for five minutes and it's gonna go back up. It's not gonna be possible Unless you decide to put in a a CO2 injector. And that way you got CO2 leaving the pool and you got CO2 coming into the pool and they're going to cancel each other out and you're going to be able to keep the pH where you want. But that's the reason. And then, as we've also talked about today with the saltwater chlorine generator, it makes sodium, it makes hydroxide in the water. It also makes hydrogen gas and the gas is a bubble and therefore it's aeration and because there's a lot of plates and cells in the in the generator there's turbulence so you got turbulence and aeration in the cell and it's continuous all day long and so now you've got turbulence and aeration in the chlorine generator and it's making hydroxide both of those things raise the ph of the pool The only way to have it not do that is to have the chlorine generator not run so long. You do that because you keep a higher chlorine level, or you add something like borate to the pool that will cut down the amount of chlorine that you need. Borate works as an alga stat, and therefore, because algae gets introduced into the pool, the borate prevents it from propagating from reproducing so the chlorine doesn't have to so you don't need as much chlorine so you can run the chlorine generator less time less time means less hydrogen uh, gas produced and less sodium hydroxide produced so Um, The other thing is that borate in the pool keeps the pH from going up as fast or as high. So borate in the pool will help with keeping the pH from going up. And the final one is plaster hydration. And that's just a plaster pool is brand new. The plaster is hydrating and curing. And in that process, it raises the pH because it adds a lot of alkalinity to the pool. So it's just a fact of the matter, but eventually that slows down because it gets cured, and and then the the pool doesn't do that as much. It still may do it. Um, you know, the older the pool, the less it does it.
0: And I think the curing process can be anywhere from six months to a year. Is that correct? As far that's as that's correct. Yes, yeah, it
1: yeah it will do that for, and it may even go on longer than that depending on temperature and and so on. If it's a colder temperature, it may take may take longer. Yeah, let's touch on the boris one more
0: time, because I know you, you just briefly touched on it when you were talking about the saltwater generator. Now, I have I have a saltwater pool. I have a spillway, and I have my alkaline at 80, and I have borates in my pool at 50 parts per million, and I check my pH once a week. I checked it on um, a week ago. It was a 7.7, and then I checked it after one week, is at 7.8, and I have all these things going. Of course, my saltwater generator is only set at 20%. Right. Um, and so, with all these things going in my pool, and it's 14,000 gallons, the pH barely went up in a week, which is probably, you know, with all these factors set this way, would probably work for a lot of people. Is that correct?
1: Actually, from field experience and, and guys like you calling me, um, we have come to the reality that, with a saltwater chlorine generator, that 70 parts per million of uh, borate is actually better than 50. But again, I have to give you a warning that that the EPA says the maximum uh, uh, borate in the pool should be 50. So, but... EPA also says that the maximum CYA in the pool should be 100. So, and we've got pools of three or 400 in there, and not, people aren't dying. So um, so 70 seems to work better. And also we found that a slightly higher cyanuric acid level works better too. And that has to do with the fluid dynamics. And that is that, that the chlorine generator is making an amount of chlorine, And the amount of water that's near the chlorine generator has cyanuric acid in it. And we want the the chlorine to attach to the cyanuric acid before it gets back to the pool because sunlight destroys chlorine in water very quickly. So we found that, that all of the chlorine is not attached to cyanuric acid when there's only 50 parts per million in there. So we increase the cyanuric acid level up to 70 and the borate to 70. And both of those two things allow you to use a whole lot less chlorine in the pool so that you can run your chlorine generator at, you know, 20 percent or something like that. Um, It's a it's a great way to do it. And then we need to keep the chlorine level needs to be a percentage of the cyanuric acid and not what the recommended level of two to four parts per million of chlorine. That doesn't always work. And the higher the cyanuric acid level, the more chlorine you need in the pool. Yeah, and I was going to
0: say, I was saying that the borates are also a secondary buffer to pH, right?
1: That's correct, right. They keep the pH from going as high or as quick.
0: Yeah, before I added the borates to my pool about six years ago or seven years ago was when I first added the boreates to the pool, I was always battling the pH. It was never as stable as it is now, even with the lower generator output, because the boreates really do keep the pH stable in the pools. And I've found that to be true in all pools, not just saltwater generator pools. The, one of the last things here I wanted to touch on was um, in the tech bulletin and it talks about liquid chlorine not raising the pH, where it does raise it, but it's only a temporary. And he also mentioned that Hypo. And this is something that's new to me, because um, I always thought when you add Cal-hypo, you have to compensate with some muriatic acid, just like when you used to add liquid chlorine. But you're also saying in the tech bowls in that the Cal-hypo does not raise the pH up in the pool and it doesn't stay up, right? Right.
1: Yeah. It's the same principle for Cal-hypo and for liquid chlorine. And technically, it would be the same principle if you had lithium hypochlorite. Um, lithium hypochloride raises the pH too, but but here's what: for many years, I even in my books I wrote, if you use liquid chlorine, you're going to need to add uh, this amount of of uh, acid to to compensate for it. And and then we started thinking beyond just adding it to the pool. What happens? As most of you po- people know, when you add chlorine to water, it makes the killing form of chlorine called HOCL, and it's called hypochlorous acid. But that's the killing form of chlorine. It's HOCL. We didn't realize, but tomorrow or this afternoon when the sun comes out, the chlorine gets degraded. Even with cyanuric acid in the pool, the chlorine gets degraded by the UV light from the sun. And so the HOCL when it degrades by UV, it degrades from HOCl to HCl. So the O goes away. And so the oxygen goes away from hypochlorous acid, and it becomes hydrochloric acid. And the amount of hydrochloric acid that is made is Almost exactly equal to the amount of sodium hydroxide that was added when you add the product, and so they cancel each other out. And it's the same with Calhypo, liquid chlorine, or lithium hypochlorite. They all do that same thing. And there is, depending on the manufacturer, there is a slight excess of hydroxide in their product the when they make liquid chlorine the controlling factor for how much chlorine they can put in that liquid is the hydroxide so they control how much how much uh chlorine is in that that bottle by how much sodium hydroxide is in it so They put us a little bit of excess of sodium hydroxide in there. But the amount that's in there, believe it or not, is 0.03%, a hundredth of 1% excess. And if you calculate that excess, it's equivalent out of a gallon of you adding about a third of an ounce of hydroxide to the pool. To huh. a fifteen thousand gallon pool. Which is not enough to change the pH hardly at all. Uh-huh. So,
0: That's interesting. I, you know uh, it's one of those things that I think people have I still get comments all the time when I because I've posted these podcasts on YouTube and I've also talked about a year a year or two ago when I did a overview of chlorine types, I mentioned the fact that liquid doesn't raise the chlorine I mean the pH in the pool, and I still get comments from pool guys. It's it raises it. You know, you're wrong. I think that's not really sinking in yet to the industry.
1: Yeah, we did a we did a video on a bucket test, and we put in the equivalent of uh, five parts per million of chlorine, and we put it in a five gallon bucket, and we measured the pH that it created, and we we put it in the sunlight, left it outside. And brought it back in the next day, and the pH was exactly where we started the day before, huh. with, with a uh, with a pH meter. Yeah. And so we lost all the chlorine, and the pH was exactly where it was before we started the day before.
0: So to learn more about Bob Lowry's certified residential course, you go to his website, PCTI.online, and see when upcoming courses are going to be in your area, you can also read his tech bulletins on that site, and you can see the tech bulletin that I refer to here about the high pH on that site. Again, that's PCTI.online. And if you're interested in other podcasts that I recorded with Bob Lowry, go to my website, SwimmingProLearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon. When you get to that site, in the search box, just type in Bob Lowry, and then I'll bring down about 20 episodes or so that I've recorded with Bob Lowry regarding all aspects of pool chemistry and again, you can listen to those at your leisure. And if you're in the industry and you want to enhance your business, definitely check out my coaching program at PoolGuyCoaching.com. A lot of great benefits for joining, including a discount on your general, general liability insurance. You can learn more at PoolGuyCoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. The rest of your week, and God bless.
1: The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show.
0: Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at GetSkimmer backslash guy. Again, that's GetSkimmer backslash guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.